When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello one and all and welcome to Behind the Glass, the podcast which aims to take you behind the scenes of the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass as well as the automotive and social media worlds. I'm your host Sam from that YouTube channel Seen Through Glass and in this week's episode I'm going to be joined by Sam Davies from UK Minis. I've teamed up with Sam for a very exciting giveaway he's doing around classic but also relatively new, let's call them modern classic minis. We're going to come on to it when I chat with him. He managed to dial in uh, via Zoom, of course, still corona restrictions in the world, meaning that not every single guest can come to the studio to record. So instead, we did the sort of traditional corona style interview, which was over Zoom, which I'm sure you're all used to in your ways or walks of life. Um, so yes, very shortly, I'll be cutting to that interview in that chat. It's a fascinating conversation because I'm not someone who I think knows that much about the world of classic minis. Sam, on the other hand owns 26 of them 26 classic minis he's he's a bit of a madman uh, but an enthusiast and he taught me a lot about that world but also shared some exciting news about his sort of uk minis instagram page and these giveaways that he's doing which give you know people the chance to kind of keep living the mini dream because as he explains in a second uh, it's harder and harder for people to get into classic minutes these days. Uh, but before I roll uh, the interview, a few things to kind of announce or to say. Uh, firstly, a huge thanks to those of you that have signed up to the Behind the Glass Patreon. You are just unbelievable. I know if Tony was here right now, he'd be thanking you as well, but he's got a busy week at work, hence why I'm having a chat with Sam instead. Uh, but yeah, we were both blown away by the kind of reaction and the amount of people that have signed up in varying levels. Just a reminder, in case you're new to the podcast or missed last week's episode where we explained that we have set up a patron. For those of you that want to sort of support the podcast in some way, get involved. Uh, there are varying levels. You can you can suggest topics for Tony and I to discuss. You can join us for live Q&As each month that we'll be doing separate to the podcast you could even end up being a guest on the show so yeah go and check it out patreon.com forward slash behind the glass uh, aside from that uh, if you want to continue enjoying the content without having to support it anyway or donate or contribute any kind of money well you can because we are here for free on youtube uh, so make sure you hit subscribe and turn on notifications and if you're listening audio only thank you so much for tuning in and keep listening on whatever platform you are whether that's apple podcast spotify or wherever it might be but for now i'm going to stop talking and tune us in to my chat with sam davies from uk minis Sam, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to Behind the Glass. Uh, we'll kick things off for, for my audience watching on YouTube. Tell us, where, where are you? Where are you in the world? 
Uh, so I'm based in South Yorkshire, just outside um, Barnsley. <clears throat> and where where are you podcasting from today? Within Are you in your house or are you in your office? I am, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, well, you can see the sun. <laughs> I'm, in, um, I'm in my conservatory, yeah, which is where I do most of my, you know, I run all my businesses from here and, you know, stuff. You can see the mini stuff in the background. Um, so, yeah. So it's a bit warm, actually, believe it or not. I can imagine you might start sweating. It's, it is July, <laughs> so maybe you've made a really awful choice as somewhere to be yeah, during this podcast. Um, <laughs> and in terms of lockdown, has that been your kind of base? Have you been out and about? Have you had businesses that have been meant that you've been able to leave the house or have you been stuck? Yeah, there? so, um, yeah, well, uh, pre- predominantly I'm sort of uh, warehouse based um, for my main company. Uh, and then I have a, a few uh, chain of shops as well. Um which have obviously been closed during lockdown. Um, and I suppose the lockdown, like everybody, I suppose, you know, there's been pluses and cons, but for me, actually, it's been a massive uh, sort of time frame period of reflection. And, um, you know, it's actually been really, really nice and really, really positive. My, my girlfriend is, um, she works in the NHS. So, oh, wow. uh, so for her, it's been the, to- the, the, I'm, I'm the total opposite. She's been absolutely, um, you know, snowed. So, so for her, it's been the opposite. And for me, it's been, um, well, really time to, quite time nice to, to think and time to yeah. step back. And it's been yeah. weird, though, hasn't it? It's been a sort of time for perspective and, and given us all the chance to, yeah, to review. Well, not all. I mean, you know, as you say, some people have been working exceptionally hard, harder than ever uh, yeah, and, yeah. and helping us all. So, yeah, we, we have to applaud and thank your, your, your girlfriend. Um, but uh, one thing which I know it's given you the time to do is, is kind of, well, get a bit carried away for your, with your love for minis. <laughs> yeah i think i think my um my long um long lasting love should we say the yeah. long, certainly the longest relationship i've ever had um, <laughs> has, uh, we, you know it's been you know like most relationships hot and cold over the years um but it is certainly with the classic mini um my my mum would would laugh if she heard me talking now because um she you know famously tells this story that um when I was 10 years old, I went to a, a, a school in the Witchwoods, which is in Oxfordshire. Yeah, it was called Witchwood Primary School. And she pulled up outside, please as punch in a brand new mini 1275 GT that my dad had just put, purchased for her. Um, and I come tumbling out and um, said, what the hell is that? I'm walking home. It's <laughs> um, amazing. Uh, to which she said, well, bloody well, walk home then. Um, <laughs> to which I then did, uh, believe it or not. So at the age of, I think she, said, she always says I was nine or 10 or something at that age. Um, but weirdly sort of from that moment forward and obviously then eventually getting coached into the car and all the rest of it, I've just had this, uh, you know, long-term love affair with them. I think it is probably bordering on obsession. Now I did introduce you by saying (laughs) you're a man who owns, is it 26 minis? Yeah. Give or take a few. It changes, (laughs) it it changes, um, fairly frequently, but effectively, uh, yeah, I have 17 that I would say are uh, are perfect. That includes some particularly rare and specialised models. Um, and then I've probably got probably another nine or ten. I've actually got another two arriving tomorrow. So, oh, my God. Um, this is not a love affair. Varying, this is an obsession. Yeah. <laughs> and they're in um, varying sort of states of uh, restoration and so on and so forth. You know, I've got them all over the place being um, projects on the go and, and things. Um, but I have a... The reason or the reason I justify to myself uh, to keep buying them is I have a side project other than UK minis, which is called the mini museum, um, where effectively uh, half of my warehouse is is null and void. I don't use it. So that's where my cars currently are. Um, 
so yeah, the plan is to open up to a public eventually. Um, as uh, you know, when hopefully I get in a position where I can retire, sem- you know, semi early, and and that will be my 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 sort of passion project. I love um, it. Amazing. So well, yeah, by, by that stage, hopefully I'll have a couple of hundred. I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, it sounds terrifying, if I'm honest. You don't need a small space to, to put them all in. But uh, look, let, let's go back to the start, because uh, when we first started speaking, I kind of admitted the fact that my my knowledge of the classic Mini is severely lacking. Uh, obviously, yeah. an iconic shape, an iconic car through popular culture, but also for petrol heads. Um, but there have been so many sort of variations and iterations and modifications that have happened to that yeah. car over the years that, yeah, I definitely uh, lose track and, and never quite sure what I'm looking at. But I just want to start things off with i suppose your journey how did you go from that nine or ten year old theoretically loathing the mini that turned up at your school uh to to someone who quite enjoyed one and then i guess went out and bought your first one so yeah talk us through that yeah so um well like you say it was a loathing (laughs) i don't know if it was the color or the style or what but you know believe it or now that the 1275 gt is probably well it is the rarest mini to get your hands on now and it's fast becoming one of the most expensive um, and I wish to God that I still had that car. What happened? <laughs> well, my mom your mom, your mom sold it? Uh, someone running the back of her, actually. Um, uh. Yeah, so so that was the end of that thing, unfortunately. Like that, you know, obviously at that time, they were worth, you know, nothing, effectively. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, really, it's my brother's fault, to be totally honest with you. Um, he, my brother Scott, he's a little bit older than me, so he'll be, I think he's 40 this year, actually, believe it or not, which is a big number for him. Um but he he had minis from probably about fourteen. Um, he had a mini that he'd that uh, we have a separate dad, a different dads, um, and his dad had brought him a mini for to restore for his first car. Nice. Um, he was a mechanic, my brother. So, or obviously not 13, 14 He wasn't, but that's what he went to <laughs> so do. So they start on the arm. Um, yeah. He was just constantly tinkering with them, and, and to be totally honest with you, you know in the back garden, we'd drive it back and forward, uh, you know, and I was like, say 10, 11 years old and being given the opportunity to, you know, go 10 yards in a car at that age was, was quite good fun. So, so I sort of just started to get an affinity for them and being around him a lot of the time, you know, tinkering with them. And he, he's a real mechanically minded person. Um, I'm not just so you know, <laughs> I'm the polar opposite. Although I did do my apprenticeship at BMW in 2001 uh, on the new Mini. Um, I was going to say, surely so, on the Mini side of things, surely. Yeah, so, yeah, so, but that was more of a computer-based uh, mechanics course, to be totally honest. And I only did it to keep my dad happy from, well, basically, so he didn't throw me out and I had a job. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I suppose it just grew through that. And then, obviously, we found ourselves, where I'm from is quite close to Cornbury Park, um, and they have uh, an annual mini show there, um, which was called Mini in the Park. Um, and I was lucky enough to actually go to school with one of the daughters of Lord Rotherwick. So, well she played. Made, yeah, she made me aware <laughs> that this 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 thing was happening. I didn't know anything about it. And my brother was like, "God, yeah, that would be amazing." So we talked our dad into taking us. And I think I must have probably. Well, I was still at school, so I was probably you know fifteen, fourteen, fifteen, something like that when I went to the very first one. And that was it start, you know, I walked around and was snapping photos on a, a, a I don't know what you're I say it would have been a meal. brick or a potato yeah, at that point. Yeah. Meal and, you know, I had to take them down to Boots to get them, you know, go into Whitney in the Oxfordshire to get them produced and wait around for nine hours or whatever the hell it was at that time. Amazing. Um, and that was it. Yeah, that was it. That was where my love of both photography and, and the classic mini came from, really. Um, and that just continued. Obviously, my very first car was a mini. Uh, 
H779YCP. Just if anybody ever, if, if anybody hears that and knows of that car, um, DM me because I want to buy it back. Okay. Um, I was going really my first question was going to be, is it still in the collection? And, and yeah, clearly it's not. No, so. it's gone. Yeah. Well, I had a bit of a tragic story, really, actually. I had quite a major crash on the A40. That, um, the wheel came off. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh my god! But it I, was quite—it was quite a bad crash. I was in quite a bad way. No um, way! I spent, I spent some time in hospital from it. And um, anyway, yeah. Long story short, is so that car was then restored um, by by a company in Whitney in Oxfordshire. And um, anyway, I was doing my apprenticeship at the time, and I was lucky enough to be given, or I had to pay out of my monthly salary to have a Cooper S at the age of 17. So wow. okay. as part of the apprenticeship scheme, they offered you them a, a discounted rate effectively. Um, so I was obviously straight on that at 17 years old. <laughs> um, so I was kicking about in that. So, you know, the mini just took set, you know, took the back seat effectively. But as, um, as somebody who had, you know, been working on and kind of started a new love affair with the classic mini what were your thoughts when you jumped into that 2001 car because it was quite controversial when it first launched under the sort of yeah, bmw well, umbrella you know, you know there'll be your listeners um probably won't have much of an opinion on this but the guys who follow me who will probably listen to this as well are going to be throwing things at me when i say this but <laughs> but um, effectively you know the new mini has, has been very very good for the classic mini um, it's been very good for it in, in the aspect of, um, you know, bad press is never bad press. Um, you know, yes, it's not a mini traditionally, you know, and it's certainly not in, in its, um, design features and the, you know, it's design brief was not obviously the same as what the classic mini was because we were in different times. Um, so, you know, in, in, in sort of intuitively, my instinct should be to say, I hate the bloody thing. Um, but I can't, you know, I've owned, I've owned them. I, I've just literally got rid of a, a John Cooper works brand new one that I had, that I had from new, uh, because I ordered a GP three, nice. um, which, you know, yes, they're not minis, you know, the, the only thing really that they have in common is the name and the bizarre, um, you know, modification of, of the looks, I suppose. Um, but they are fantastic cars. Um, you know, anybody who's, who's ever driven one would say, you know, they're fantastic. And the early ones, especially when I was at, when I was actually at BMW Cowley was, um, they were really good because BMW went over the, over the top with the quality of them. Um, because obviously they knew, <laughs> um, the they Germans had a big were, community were very wise yeah, exactly. and they knew that there was going to be a lot of criticism of them. Um, especially from within the mini community, um, but you know what? We're eighteen, nineteen years later on now, and I think that it's you know it's almost a classic itself. Um, so it's fast becoming, and there's a lot of um, people who own you know both who own new and new and, and sorry new and old now, um, sure. and all the mini shows and so on and so forth that we attend throughout the year. They all now include um, you know that we call them the binnies in the industry. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I've always actually wondered if that's because people think they're rubbish or if it's because of say, the BMW Mini. I was literally about to ask, is it because they're going in the bin or is it because of the BMW pub? <laughs> so I think, I, I would imagine it was probably started because of the bit, the bin, the, the bin side, but, um, sure. you know, as time's got, as time's gone on, you know, people have been I, I kinder. More, yeah. And for me, you know, doing, you know, you'll know being from a similar area or, or knowing the area that I'm from that BMW Cowley, 
Uh, obviously, when it was BMC before, it's been Rover, it's been you know Leyland, it's been you know it's been everyone basically. Um, is and has been and re- will remain for a very long time a huge local employer. Um, so my dad was a bit of a traditional guy. Uh, he was like, you know, get a, get a trade, get a trade. Um, I loved cars. You know, when I was at school, I wanted to sell cars. That was, that was the ultimate dream. Um, which doesn't sound very, you know, aspirational now, does it? When you think about it. (laughs) Hey, Um, hey, everyone's allowed their own goals. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, at the time that's what I wanted to do. And he said, well, look, you know, do an apprenticeship and then you can go and do, you know, prove to me that you've got a skill effectively. And you've then always got that to fall back onto. So that's what I had to do. So I went and, and did it. And to be honest, I enjoyed it. You know, it was, I'm just not a mechanically minded person. So, you know, the, the, the practical, the practical side, I sort of, well, I struggled with, I think. Um, So your, so your love for the cars. Sorry, sorry, I interrupted you. Go on with your own cars. You're tinkering. Yeah, so I'm constantly tinkering now, and 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 it's quite remarkable the knowledge that I now have about A series and A plus engines. Um, But I just think that's through being around them for such a long period of time, and 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 really having seen most problems. Um, There's not there doesn't tend to be many problems. I think bloody hell, that's got me perplexed. Um, But yeah, so you know, so it's still being good stead. Is, th- is that something that's sort of appealing or, or maybe why the classic Mini has been so approachable for so many years or so many people have jumped on them because they're, they are relatively easy to run and to use and to modify and to tinker with? Completely. Yeah, I think that, I think, well, you know, I know you're a classic car owner, but, you know, I suppose it's a different level of classic car, but actually the uh, attraction- I would call it a modern classic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a modern classic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely a modern yeah. classic. I think, <laughs> I would say that the attraction of classic cars, unless you're a collector, is exactly, is that own home maintenance. That's all part of the experience of the ownership journey. Um, and I think that, the things that we'll get into in a little bit about the values of the minis is that the attraction to the mini is that you could buy one for 50 quid, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Um, when I was looking to buy my very first car, you know, my dad paid 300 quid for it. And, and it, they were so accessible at that stage and they were so easy to fix if you had a, you know, a, a tiny inkling. Um, but again, the, you know, there was the Haynes manuals and all the rest of it that all you do is buy a Haynes manual. And as long as you weren't a complete moron, you'd be able to make, you know, work it out yourself. Um, so I think, yeah, a hundred percent, you know, a hundred percent. One of you know, That was the biggest, that was one of the big appeals. Uh, and you sort mm. of, you, you talked about sort of value, but, but obviously in a bit, we're going to come on to the, the sort of the giveaway and the UK minis side of, of everything that you're, you're doing. Um, but when yeah. we were chatting a few weeks ago, you were kind of talking me through some of the, the cars that you've already given away and, and some of the cars in the collection. And you started saying things to me and, and I felt like a really, I was really embarrassed. I was like, I have no idea what he's talking about right now. Yeah, talking about different yeah. engines and model numbers. And you were just on your flow and it would be like me talking about Ferrari paint colors. I get it. Like, you know, yeah. we, we all yeah, have yeah. our thing. Um, but, but so talk me through that quickly, you know, in terms of desirability, what are the rare cars? What are the cars that people are looking out for? Because for me, the mini that would catch my eye in an auction or a showroom would be like a, an ex rally Monte Carlo car, you know, like, like that kind of motorsport yeah, heritage. Yeah. But, yeah, but I think obviously, you know, the, I suppose the big name is Cooper, you know, uh, John Cooper, you know, that is synonymous with, with the mini, um, in 63 when he got his hands on one, well, 62 is actually when he got his hands on one, um, and started developing he had the formula one team at the time. 
Um, and, and he basically, you know, made the mini what it is. Um, I, I, if it wasn't for him and, and, you know, what he did to the cars and then obviously the Monte Carlo rally win in, in 64, um, basically made it a cult legend. Uh, you know, even that early on, even, I don't know how, how much you know or how much your listeners will be aware, but the, the mini went on sale in August 59, 1959. Um, and the sales were horrendous. <laughs> um, people just didn't get it. I don't think. Um, and it wasn't until they had the, the, you know, Cooper got his hands on it and started tuning it and, you know, and people started being able to whiz around, um, the streets of London in them. And then obviously then the Monte Carlo rally win in 94, just put it on a, you know, a different level. Um, it just, well, a different stratosphere really. Sure. Uh, and then the sleds got their hands on them and, and, and the rest is history, as they say. So I think, you know, the, the major name in the mini world and, you know, rarity, obviously, as you've touched upon, you know, the, the rally historic rally cars, you know, that those values are, um, mind-boggling <laughs> sure as um, all sort know, of historic racing or rally yeah, cars yeah. are and, you know you, you know something that would have cost 500 quid to build you know to buy in 64 you know they converted them for relatively cheap money back then um you know well i don't mind i don't mind telling you i've, I've recently been offered a, a, an historic monte carlo rally car didn't win okay. um three hundred thousand pounds <gasps> Oh, so, so, you know, so, and, and you are completely paying for the history and the provenance, you of know, course. there's no actual intringent, intringent value to that car. You know, yes, the car, you know, I've got a historic racer being built at the moment. That's probably going to be 50, 70 grand, but the car has that value. And obviously if it is successful in the, in that industry and I can get it on the podium and so on and so forth, you know, the values go straight up. Um, but as a as a as an actual piece of you know value, the cars are you know they're worthless you know because they're so cheap and so easy to repair and um, so easy to replicate. You know, there's there's not so much recently now, but in recent years, there's been quite a few problems with people you know creating, uh, let's say you know 1964 John you know Mini Cooper Cooper S's Mark One Cooper S's. Um, and then for a time there was, you know, there was more registered than that were ever known to be built. Um, or, so always I interesting think that, that. that was reminds me of yeah, my time. Yeah. In and, I think that, and I think that's where, you know, but that happens, I think in every, you know, when, when cars start to become valuable, I think it happened, you know, you're, you're known in the Ferrari world, there will be cars that are, you know, that aren't right. And, and that's kind of concerning, but I don't think anybody ever thought the mini was going to be worth, <laughs> you know, the, the, the values that it's worth today. So, well, that's, that's kind of what I wanted to come on to. I was going to say just briefly that, that your story there reminded me of a time in Malaysia when I went to see a private collection where 17 cars were all on the same registration. And I was like, yeah. hmm, something <laughs> strange was going on here. Uh, anyway, that's a st- story for another time. Uh, but yeah, cause, cause over and over again, I guess during this podcast so far, you've kind of been talking about the fact that the cars are or, or were accessible, easy to work on. They're fundamentally cheap, uh, to, to build. Um, but nowadays, uh, as you just attested to with the historic rally car, kind of all classic minis are starting to appreciate or command quite a high value. And I think this is yeah. something we're seeing across the industry with, with sort of all makes, but, but you've really been, well, you sort of said not frustrated, but, but disappointed to see minis almost getting priced out of their target market. Is that, is that kind of yeah. happening? 
as it has happened, I think is the best way to describe it. Um, I think that for me, the, one of the real frustrations and what we'll get onto in a minute about the competitions and things is, is, is about accessibility and how do you, um, create longevity for, you know, what I deem as a cult classic, you know, and it is a, it's a national treasure. The mini is a national treasure, same as the Land Rover, same as the E-Type Jag. You know, you could argue the, the Aston Martin DB5 and, you know, and the Germans have the Beetle and so on and so forth. There's a gazillion, isn't there? But, you know, the Mini holds a special place in people's heart because pretty much anybody you've ever spoken to has had an experience in the Mini. Um, and, and that is what I love about them because I can have a conversation with absolutely anybody in the world. Um, you know, I get regular DMs on a daily basis that, that turn into full conversations and, have, you know, over the years have become really strong friendships based upon, God, that looks like the one that my granddad had and he run me to swimming in it or, you know, whatever it, whatever it is. And that is, you know, for me is why I love them so much. Um, I think that the, the issue that you have when they become collectible and desirable, which is what's now happening to the Mini, um, or happened, um, you know, there are still, you know, don't get me wrong, you still buy cars, you see them changing hands for 500 to two, two and a half grand type of thing. But, you you know, it's a, it's a basket case. It, it is literally, you know, it, they're death traps. You know, you wouldn't ever drive them down the road. <laughs> and, and then you've then got to spend, even if you're handy, you know, you've got to spend probably six to eight grand putting it back together, new panels, new, you know, all the bits are very, very cheap. Um, it's like anything, you know, the thing that costs the money is the labor. So you have, if you haven't got the skills yourself and a lot of, um, home mechanics, uh, aren't, um, what's the word? Aren't quite as thorough as they, <laughs> as they probably should and could be. Sure. Um, cut, cut some corners. Yeah. So I think that's probably, you know, so a lot of the time you see these really fantastic looking minis, um, that are, you know, commanding, I don't know, 10 to 15,000 as examples, probably the average of a, something that's reasonably nice and restored. Um, if you were to have that done by a professional, you'd be looking at 20, 25 grand to have that done. So quite rightly, the value, you know, the, the spend doesn't, you know, return the value. So financially, you literally, you know, you're just doing your brains in constantly on them. So unless you've got the skills, and what you then find is when you have a little bit more of a, you know, if you know what you're looking at um, and, you, and you look at all the places that should be right, that aren't right, you know, you could buy a car for 10 grand, drive down the road for three months and, and it'll be rotten. Yeah. You know, in the floor. <laughs> you'll and, fall and, through and the like, floor on the A40. Yeah, and, you're like, <laughs> and you're like, what the hell's happened here? Yeah. I just bought a 10,000 pound car. But it's just purely because the job hasn't done, been done correctly. Um, and you would think buying a car of that age and that kind of money, you think, oh, this must be a good example. Because if I was to yeah. go now and look at used mini prices and I saw one at 20 grand, I'd be like, what a joke. That must be a freaking, that must be in the Prince Albert of Monaco's private car. Like yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no way that's just a bog standard thing. So you could see how people would, yeah, almost get conned into maybe thinking a car's better than it is because it's hard to believe. Yeah, old classic minis are now kind of trading for that that much what you just mentioned there you know if you didn't know what to look out for would you have like i don't know your top three or your top five if people were thinking about potentially buying classic mini because they're still so appealing as you say they're such an icon if it's on a t-shirt people yeah. immediately recognize it if you go anywhere in the world and you talk about mini people know what you're talking about yeah, they do, yeah. so people still uh, want you, them you, you don't have to be like a hardcore petrol head to want a mini no, definitely not. And that, that's why, that's why, you know, when I was referring to that everybody's had an experience in one, it, it is exactly that reason because 
I can guarantee you that if you and me went out and you went out in your, your, in your Ferrari and, and I came in one of my minis and we stopped somewhere, 95% of the people would say, I'd rather the mini. Yeah, I know, a million percent. And, and, and they'd know, probably come and look at it as well. No one looks at my 360. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, but, you know, that's just an example of your particular car. But even if we spoke about, I don't know, Tim's, know. you know, You're Senna right. or whatever. You're you so know, right. It's exactly, it's exactly the same thing. It ha- it holds this special place in people's hearts. Of course. And, you know. It's intriguing. And if you haven't experienced, you want to know what's it actually like? Can I sit in it? Yeah. What's like, Oh my God, yeah. it really is that tiny. And oh, wow. Like, so it's got that yeah. intrigue factor as well. Definitely. And, and, and the, you know, the, the genius design behind it, it, you cannot, you, you can get four adults in a classic mini and I'm telling you now it's more comfortable. I, you know, I've had some seriously nice cars and, you know, it's more comfortable than my C63S Coupe to drive a mini. Because <laughs> There's a YouTube series in that somewhere. There is a YouTube series. <laughs> and, and it's, you know, it is that exact, it's just, and you know, yes, if you're, you know, I'm six foot, and I would say that after is sort of a, a, an extended period of time, if you don't have the seat extenders on, my legs start to hurt because of the actual driving position. You know, you're kind of like that with your legs. Sure. Um, <laughs> it's not traditional, but, we'll say. It's not yeah, traditional. Yeah, it's not good, you know, and, and, and your knees are, are under the steering wheel. But it's just, you have to drive one. You know, that's, that's the thing with them. It's a um, unique experience. Yeah, I can't remember what we were talking about originally. No, well, what, what was I was I, I was trying to see if you had <laughs> tips for people who are going out there and considering yeah. buying one nowadays, especially with the world like, you know, firstly, we're all being advised not to take public transport. Um, but, you know, mm. inner city living, I'm such a fan of smaller cars in the yeah. city. Um, and so I can see the appeal. So I do think, you know, hey, if the price is going up, that means that demand is going up. So yeah, come on, what, what would your tips be as someone who owns 26 of the things? If I was yeah. going to go browsing, what should I be avoiding? What should I be looking out for? So effectively, it's everything underneath on a mini. Um, you know, so the front and rear, so your your you know, your listeners won't know, I suppose, but effectively uh, the mini is a, is a floor pan uh, with so it's a body that sits on two subframes, a front and a rear subframe, which effectively has all your running gear, um, and they are connected by four bolts. Simple as that. You, you know, there's a couple more connection points, but um, so you have a front subframe and a rear subframe. Now they are expensive uh, to to buy and replace, um, but really the major cost is having that done because it is a specialist job. Uh, everything has to come out of the bottom of the car to do it. Um, so the first thing to, to look at other than the actual condition of the body, which is, you know, really self-explanatory, you walk around, you see rust, um, on the minis, they go in particular places. So, well, I was going to say, I was going to point them out, but they go everywhere. The major places are around the front of the headlights. Um, there's like a seam well between the wing and the, and the front balance is sort of like an S shape. Um, they tend to, that's where they collect water. Okay. Um, so they always bubble around there. That's the first thing to look at. Uh, again, along the front of the bonnet seam that sits on top of the grill. So a perfect collection point for water. Um, you know, touch wood, you tend to, the, the bulkheads tend to be quite solid on them. Um, but the roof guttering, so on the, on the roof of the mini, there's a, a lip effectively. It's about, I don't know, a centimeter tall. Sure. Uh, and again, if, if, if you don't dry the car off, if you do drive, drive it in the rain, it just sits there wow. and, and it, you know, and it will rot through. It's as simple as that. Um, the insights, the insights is, to life as a mini owner. Go on. 
Yeah. Uh, so the, the, the boot floor, that's really the major area that goes on a mini that is really quite expensive to do. Um, and that is purely because, you know, minis weren't built for longevity. So they had no wax oiling or anything such like from, from the, from the factory. They were literally, you know, galvanized. Well, some of the floors were galvanized, but they were, you know, steel cars that were just painted, primed and painted. Yeah. Um, you know, take out on a road, a bit of salt, and that's it. That's you know, it, gone, it's gone. gone. On the bottom of the car, and it's, and it's gone. So, oh yeah, the major, you know, the major things are the front and rear subframes, and that's really quite self-explanatory. Get under the car and have a look. You know, if, if it's shiny and black, and it's got relatively good mileage on it, that's feasible. If it's shiny and black and it's done 150,000 miles, uh, it's been replaced. Um but generally, they have surface rust. If it's got surface rust, you know, it's a negotiation point, effectively, um, on the sale price because it is a, a costly thing to do. Um, other things, obviously, that, you know, the condition of the body is self-explanatory. Um, with minis, you can't hide rust, you know, because of the shape of the car. Um, you just can't hide it. You know, it bubbles. You'll see a bubble. If you touch the bubble, you know, it's rust. And if you think of, a, if, I don't know, something like, I don't know, five P pence piece on the rust bubble is probably about a foot underneath wow. um, of corrosion. Now, generally that's surface corrosion because the, the, the bodywork was so terrible and the paint jobs were so terrible on them. Um, Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Um, a lot of the time you know it's it's really in the in sort of the last two years it's been really interesting what the mini industry's done it's gone from restoration is the way forward because effectively they're better than when they came out of factory after they've been restored um by somebody who knows what they're doing um was what everyone really wanted. So, you know, the, the, the crazy priced Cupresses that go between 30 and 50,000 pounds as an example, for a nice example, uh, you know, people were snapping them up. Private car collectors, uh, you know, as we know with the economy, as it, you know, the first thing that people do when it starts to look a bit shaky is they buy assets, art, 
wine, chocolate, gold, you know, whatever the hell it might be. Um, and, and obviously the classic car, you know, two classic car collectors, a 20, 30,000 pound car that's going to be worth 40,000 pound next year is actually a better investment at the moment than of something like a DB5. Um, so I suppose, so that naturally pushed the prices up. Now what's happened is it's all about originality. You know, people want unrestored cars because they're only original once. And actually, if you can get an original car and you have the provenance that shows it's original, and there's things that you can look at on the, you know, the shut lines of the doors, the internal uh, paint finishes, you know, behind the uh, dashboard. And, you know, there's lots of things that you can look at to find out if the car is original and certainly if it's got original paint on it. Um, and most bodywork that was done was always done very cheaply because the minis were cheap cars. You know, they were throwaway items really. So if it got a hole in the floor, they just put a plate on it. Now, <laughs> anybody can spot that. Sure. You know? Yeah, anybody can spot that. You just literally look underneath and if there's a big circle in the middle of the panel, you know that it's had a, that somebody's, you know, it's been restored or it's been repaired. Um, and yeah, now, now it's all about originality sure. and the, va- the value is, is in that, you know, if you've got a, if anybody who's listens to your podcast, you know, has got a, got a, a, an early mini with reasonable miles that they believe to be original, they are now, you know, the golden egg effectively. It's hilarious because mm-hmm. it? it's a bit like the defender, you know, the amount of farmers yeah. or people or families out there, uh, you know, maybe outside London who have run defenders and maybe as you say, classic minis just you know as part of their life for so long have no clue that now that might be an insanely desirable and and collectible car so yes those of you listening that might think oh yeah god that's granny's old mini outside that we just can't get rid of have a have a think again because you never know you could be sitting on an absolute gold i think one of one of the things that still to this day i get messages you know weekly with people asking me for rough valuations for their cars for the insurance company uh, because the insurance company has recommended they should have an agreed value and i'm thinking do you not think you should have an agreed value? Yeah. You know, these things are so valuable now oh, that, man. you know, to replace that like for like, you, you know, you're, it's almost double the value of what the actual car is, yeah. you know? So if a car's worth 10 grand to have it built and replaced, it's going to cost you 20. Of so course. you have to have the insurance value at that, you know, at that amount. Yes, you'll pay a little bit more on your premium, but you're talking 10 or 20 quid over a year. It's worth having and that reassurance. It's, it's it? just, it's just a no brainer. And there's, you know, there's people, I had a guy, um, in uh, January, uh, uh, a mini fair who has a 59 mini and I was stood talking to him and um, he said, Oh, just out of interest, you know, what would you say it as well? If I said oh, 15 to 20 grand, you know, for a sort of a quick sale. And he said, Oh, he said, I better um, sort my insurance out. And I said, why? I've got insured for five and a half grand. Oh. And he just, and I'm like, <laughs> and he, he, you know, he's, yeah. And he's a, he's a, he must've been in his sixties. He might even been 70 years old. He's wow. owned the car from new and you just wow. think there's no, um, I guess cause he's not in the market for one. He's not yeah, looking at what they're doing. Uh, you um, know what we should do? There's a great opportunity here. Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> Yeah. You can be Mr. Yeah. Mini. I guess I don't know what I'll be. Maybe Mr. Ferrari, but I think I'm that knowledgeable. Because I would love to see the faces on people. It's like, you know, old like Aunt Ginny comes along. She's like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Mini since 1974. <laughs> and you turn around and say it's worth 50 grand and she has a heart attack. Yeah. Like, honestly, it's one of those bizarre things. But look, I want, I want to move on slightly because I can, I can see the enthusiasm pouring out of you. Uh, but we need mm. to kind of come on to the reason, I guess, why we're doing this podcast, um, mm. which is the sort of giveaway, but, but to sort of, to, to, preempt that let's just talk about uk minis 
Series itself, because you had all of this kind of passion, this knowledge, this this collection growing, and then as you say, this passion for photography, which earlier I knocked by assuming you were trying to take photos on a camera phone, when actually you know <laughs> there you were with a proper thirty five mil. So uh, just talk to me, what is UK Minis? How did how did that part of your sort of your obsession with both photography and the Minis come about? Yeah, so UK Minis was effectively started in January twenty sixteen. On Instagram, uh, it wasn't actually started by me. It was started by a guy called Liam Andrews, um, who will be very happy. I've just named him. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Liam. Um, yeah, and um, uh, effectively, so he started it. Uh, I'd obviously was quite well known in the mini scene of that, uh, or, or locally within the mini scene of that time, because I was part of Oxfordshire and Abingdon Mini Owners Club, and um, obviously, you know, I was going to mini shows, and you know, I had a lot of friends within the the industry. I had quite a nice mini that was well known um, within the sort of industry. Um, and, and I had obviously been taking photos, um, for a long time, you know, for, for, for probably, I don't know, God, maybe 10 years, 12 years, obviously, you know, technology had changed. I was taking them on a little crappy 35 throwaway 35 mil to begin with, but actually that's given me a really good base for the photography I do now because completely unwillingly and unknowingly, I actually learned quite a lot from using that camera that I can now, you know, I I have a massive, uh, film, you know, obsession now, film camera obsession. Uh, obviously I've got my phone and you know, the DLSR and all the rest of it, but, um, yeah, unknowingly I, I learned quite a lot, which was interesting. But anyway, um, I found myself people saying to me, Oh, you know, that photo you took of my car can, you know, can, do you mind if I can have a copy of it? So I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Why? And they were like, oh, well, we've not really got any of mine. And, you know, the pitch phone qualities of the cameras then in 2004, 5, 6, 7, 8, well, they were just potatoes, weren't they? Yeah, exactly. That was my assumption earlier. But yeah. <laughs> no yeah, wonder but, people yeah. were asking you for, for copies of, of your photos. Because, yeah, back then, you know, uh, phone cameras were just... They were horrific, weren't they? Horrific. So I was still using the, the, the traditional film camera at that point. Um, and uh, I've got a... Uh, what is it? It's a BCA... Uh, Patika BCA 35 mil camera that I've still got now and right. and it still takes killer photos. Um, so I found myself being asked uh, to send people pictures. So I started doing that and that, that sort of grew and, you know, people would say, and this is, you know, bear in mind, this has always been a hobby. It's never been, a, you know, it's never been a, a business. Um, and yeah, I got to know Liam uh, and what he was doing with UK minis and, and, the world of Instagram, which I, you know, I had no idea about Instagram at that point. I was, I was a little bit new to Facebook, but I'm not a huge social media. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to say Consumer, fan, user, no. yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. user. Yeah. Probably more of a user just because I'm so busy in my life that I don't have time to take photos and show everyone what I'm doing. So it's, it's kind of like that. So, so as it grew, uh, so it grew quite nicely for Liam in, in the first year. Um, and started to get a bit of traction and he started doing obviously merchandise, uh, stickers and so on and so forth, hoodies and caps and, you know, all the normal type of stuff. And then I think he found that he was being asked for advice on a, on quite a regular basis. Uh, and he has a, he has, he has quite a good job. Um, so anyway, we got talking one day and he said, you know, I think I'm done with UK minis basically, you know, he knew what I was planning to do with the mini museum. And at this point, my collection was probably about eight or nine cars, something like that. Um, and this is in late 2017. So he'd had it for coming on to two years effectively. Um, so yeah, so we, we had a conversation and he, he sort of said, you know, 
give me some advice effectively around, you know, the number of posts that need to be done, you know, on a daily basis and all the rest of it. And I was like, yeah, whatever, that's fine. Um, I can do that. So, so yeah, so I took over UK minis. Um, I don't actually know what I did. I think it, I think it was, it might've been about January, 20, 2018. So I think he probably had it two years. I think I've had it about two and a half years now, maybe slightly longer. It might've been in late 2017. Sure. Um, so yeah, so I took it on, uh, tied it in with, the idea of um, obviously that, you know, the followers that Liam had at that point was, was about 22,000 um, were sort of my target market effectively for the mini museum. Um, now the mini museum is going to be run as a, as a museum and a non-for-profit organization, but it also needs to make money for me to be able to sustain opening the doors and letting people in and the rest of it. Um, so I saw, saw it, I'm hoping it will become cost neutral effectively. Sure. Um, and any money that is made will go back into growing the collection, you know, and so on and so forth. So, so yeah, I found that I, I took that on and quite quickly, um, the page started to grow. I don't know, not massively why, to be honest, I don't think I'm just doing anything particularly different to what Liam was doing. I think Liam had just got to a stage where he'd had such enough of it that he probably wasn't giving it his all. Sure. And, you know, I found that, you know, I, people would message me and I'd be like, because I was new to Instagram as well. I'm in, in my normal business life. I'm very due diligent and I, and I survive on integrity. I always find that, you know, my phone pops up and I'm like, Oh God, somebody's messaging me and I'm on it within, you know, within a minute type of thing. And there, and I think that that's grown, you know, within the community and people have become aware of it. And, and today I, do, I think we're up to about 45,000 followers. Amazing. Um, so it's grown really nicely. It's completely organic. And as you say, completely relevant and target audience, you know, because you're not going to follow that yeah. page unless you're really into your minis. <laughs> yeah. And I think for me that it's about growing the community online. And obviously, you know, it's called UK minis, but actually I, I don't even know what my my following from around the world is. I'd have to have a proper dig into it. But I would suspect that maybe 20, 25% are, you know, from outside the UK. Sure. Um, and I get well, messages from the strangest places in the world with people saying, I've got a mini. It's the, it's the beauty, <laughs> you know, beauty of social media, the absolute beauty of social media. So so how did they then lead on to the giveaways? And I guess this is the, the exciting part of the podcast because we're sort of teaming up. Basically, we're going to be offering listeners you beautiful listeners yep. of the podcast, uh, some, some special discounts uh, on, on yep. entries for the giveaway, but, but sort of hype it up, give it your best sell now for, I guess, yeah, where the idea came from and the cars you've already given away and then the opportunity for, for the listeners this week. Yeah, so I think uh, the, the idea effectively comes from, you know, there's always a financial um, drive to everything that we do because there has to be, because otherwise things don't work if, if there isn't a, uh, you know, financial drive behind it. Um, but predominantly the reason why I've decided to start giving, giving or doing giveaway competitions is that the community needs it. And if we're not careful as a community, we are, well, we already are in actual fact, pricing the younger, the younger and the next generation out of the cars. And it's not right that car collectors and the people with all the money just come along and buy all these stunning minis up. You know, there's always going to be the, the vet, you know, the, the pure air at the top as such in our society um, who quite rightly should have the, the bet very best because they look after them how they should be looked after. Um, and most car collectors these days uh, allow people in, you know, there, there's, you know, there's obviously a few exceptions to the rule who, who won't, but the majority of car collectors like to show their cars. 
Um, so I think that that is a very positive thing within our industry and within our community. But the negative side of it is that, you know, a basket case now that you would, you, your dad might have brought for you 15 years ago that for 20 quid and spent a year building it with you before you passed your driving test, um, creating a love for the car and a love for the community and all the rest of it, it, it is becoming unattainable now. Um, because they're two, three, four, five thousand quid, and you, and you know, and you can buy a Fiat five hundred on a sixty plate for similar money that you yeah. know, touch wood, you know, won't ever break down, and obviously is safer, and you know, all these other things. A um, more attractive proposition. So, yeah. So that so it's it's it as the community is growing, and you know, the the values are becoming more and more, um, you know, larger for want of a better expression, um, it's becoming more unattainable. So, you know, and I get people messaging me every day saying, I've got a thousand pounds to buy a mini. And I'm finding myself saying to them, I'm really sorry, but no you chance, know, no chance. <laughs> you, 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 you've got no chance. And if you, you know, if you're lucky enough, I get obviously offered cars every day, um, up that sort of money. And, and you know, it's something that would go to the scrapyard. That's yeah. simple as, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. that's, you know, short of having a fortune spent on it. Um, so the massive driving factor is to try and get people who, you know, have a passion for the classic mini who effectively will never be able to afford to buy one, um, getting them into that ownership experience. Um, obviously there, there's the, you know, to keep the mini going, there's quite a few collectors of minis now, um, which we've also got to be very careful of. You know, we don't want people, because they are becoming more and more rare. We don't want people like me buying up 200 minis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, as you're dreaming sit, to do, yeah. Yeah, that sit in a museum and are never used. You know, they're not, and the people who are only, the only people who are ever going to come and see them are, are mini enthusiasts who know about the, you know, your general public isn't going to find out about the mini museum and, it, or, you know, depending on the, how good your social profile is. But generally, you know, it's about that, keeping them on the road, keeping them out, sure. um, you know, keeping them in the, in the public profile. Um, and obviously with my, um, you know, my, my fortunate position with the social media side of things that allows me to be able to give something back. Um, and I think for me, you know, UK minis has never made me any money. In actual fact, it's cost me a fortune. If I'm uh, honest. I was going to say, I can um, imagine. I was my- <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it's, it's, and it has, it's cost me a fortune and, and you know, people, you know, you always get the naysayers. I get people messaging me all the time saying, oh, you sat in your ivy tower, your car collection and all the rest of it. And actually, you know, I work my bollocks off for, for, for every car that I, I have had, the, you know, the, the, the pleasure and, you know, of being able to purchase. And given, having given UK minis, you know, coming up to three years of my life. And, and when I say, you know, I, I have several businesses, so I'm a busy guy. I post three times a day, every day, without fail. And I answer every single message that I get every single day, plus emails, plus, you know, shout outs and can you help me? And can you ask me this technical question? And, and you know, I'll, I'll be sitting in bed at two o'clock every morning answering questions. And, and I, so you get to a stage where you think, actually, you know, for this to continue to grow to where I'd like it to be, um, you know, there has to be, some renumer, you know, renumeration for that. So I think that offering, you know, merchandise, uh, stickers and all that type of thing that I've never really done in UK Mini's ownership of under me is something that we're, you know, we're now, you know, 
upping the the rate of. But sure. the, you know, the main focus is obviously the competitions. Uh, everybody knows that there's a gazillion competition giveaways out there, and they're they're, they're questionable at best. Well, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, as you, you said, know. there were tens of thousands. There are great ones, and there are some very dodgy ones. But I think you've yeah, hit exactly. the nail on the head where what I like about what you're doing is, is effectively, yes, giving back to the community in the sense where keeping the icon alive because, mm. you know, okay, fine. Not everyone's going to win. There's, there's one winner of each giveaway, yeah, yeah. each competition. And so mm. you are going to spend money and you might not get a return, but for that person that does win, mm. they might not have been able to get out there and actually buy that many for themselves because either they've been priced out or they don't have the know-how or whatever it might be. And so yeah. this gives them a chance to get a hold of a car that maybe they could love, would love, would have loved. Um, and so that I think is fantastic. And then I think it's a fun way to also open up that mini community because sometimes I enter giveaways for things that I don't even want. Like I think that's just like a, a general society yeah. thing. Like sometimes I see, I'm like, I, yeah, don't, I don't really want a McLaren five, seven years, but heck I'll enter the giveaway yeah. um, or holiday to Barbados when COVID wasn't around. So, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that's the other benefit. And that's why I wanted to help bring exposure to this is that I'm not mm. the most knowledgeable guy on classic minis. I'm not the biggest classic mini fanboy. Of course, I know Italian job and lots of other popular culture references, and I think they look great. And from a rallying point of view, I love it. But I probably wasn't going to go out there and buy myself a mini at any point in life. However, I have looked at some mm. of the later ones, like the last runs, the one like Shmi had, which we should talk about in a second. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, but, but if there's a giveaway, I'm always intrigued because I'm like, heck, like I could get a car on the insane cheap. And so let's get into that now. Let's get into the nitty gritty for a second. Uh, yeah. This this latest giveaway, uh, ticket prices, are we are we there yet? Because I know that every single yeah, giveaway so, is slightly different. So talk me through this this actual one. Yeah, so effectively, well, we have two live at the moment. Two, uh, we sorry. have a, a binny. We have a binny. <laughs> we have a binny. Uh, which, oh, no. which will move over In very, very bin. quickly. But yeah. effectively, it is... Um, it is a very, very special Mini. So there's a company in 2001 when the Mini was launched um, that was created called Z-Max. Uh, you'll, you'll know them because they do specialise in Porsches and Jags and stuff like that now, and BMW. Massive in Germany. Always been quite a big business. Um, but anyway, they were the first people to really get their hands on the new Mini. Um, and, they, and, and they created four um, show cars, uh, effectively to take round to Geneva and, you know, wherever, um, to promote their brand. Uh, so we currently have, uh, one of those four, they were all different. So it was a convertible, uh, there was the Cooper S that, that I've got, uh, and then, and then two others. And this particular car I've been trying to get my hands on from a private collection for some years. Um, and David Lorenz, the guy that owned it, um, <laughs> finally gave up, <laughs> gave it up to me, uh, a couple of months ago and I've had some fantastic times in it. Amazing. Um, it's just a spectacular car. Um, they can have a look at all the details on that. And it's, uh, it's me testing the waters effectively with my followers and UK minis to see if the binny is potentially, because obviously a lot of the, our younger followers, um, are following me because of the Binny content. So I think it, what it does is it's me testing the water. Currently, it's um, not good. It's, it's not proving um, as popular or as successful as yeah, the classics. Just, yeah, but, you know, I sort of expect that, to be totally honest. And, you know, this for me is a learning curve. So, you know, yeah, check it out. It is a spectacular piece of machinery. Um, 
I think there's a trendy. chance some of my audience might prefer that to your secondary uh, offering. Yeah. Because, you, you know, know and, and, and for my side, because, you know, I'm definitely more of a binny guy and, and your audience probably yeah. going to lynch me now for saying that. But I just got <laughs> out of a Clubman JCW. I love the thing. I thought it was great. So, so yeah, 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 I think, you know, you might have some luck or fingers crossed on the binny side of things. Um, so that is, that is currently uh, one ticket. So there's a thousand tickets and they're fourteen ninety nine. Fourteen ninety nine. So you've, okay. you know, you've got a one in chance, you know, one one in a thousand chance of winning at fourteen ninety nine. Uh, obviously, if you buy two or three tickets, you know your chances increase multiple. Uh, we've had three winners so far, um, all of obviously classic minis. Uh, so we had a twelve seven five uh, Clubman, which was a supercharged engine. So that was a particularly Clubman's are uh, are very hard to get hold of in reference in in nice condition. This so that was the very first. That was called Vinny. Uh, that was won by a guy in Minster on Sea, uh, a, a Mr. Luke Sawyer. Um, the perfect winner, in my mind. Uh, not owned a Mini for a long time. Uh, couldn't afford one. Um, his dream car, basically. Amazing, um, perfect, dreamy. So his, you know, his dream came true. Uh, the second winner was uh, a, a 997, uh, uh, sorry, a 998, so just under a one litre. Uh, and what I'm trying to do is give uh, variants um, for mostly for insurance purposes, really, because if a 17 year old wins a 1275 supercharged mini, they're not going to get insured now. Oh, I was going to say, that. <laughs> um, that's the one thing I was going to so, ask about at the end. Yeah. So I think, you know, so I've got to be, you know, mindful of, of my audience effectively. And my audience goes from probably, I don't know, 13 years old or something up to 60, you know, 60 plus who's, who are collecting minis. Sure. Um, so that was called Orb, uh, and that was a, a modified car painted in Ford RS Blue. Ooh, uh, nice. It just looked spectacular. Now, imagine. that was won by uh, a guy from Coventry who is currently stuck in Australia because of COVID. Oh, no um, But while he's been stuck there, he's he's met a girl and fallen in love and is staying out there. So the car is going to Australia. That's, so that's amazing. That's that is awesome. It's, it's on the water as we speak. What um, a so story. it's being delivered to Coventry, and it... And it I think it was shipped. Oh, actually, I think it goes tomorrow. I think it's the okay. seventh. I think he was aiming to ship it. Okay. Um, again, the perfect winner uh, was a mini owner. He was, I think he's 32. Adam Pauly, his name is. Um, Great stuff. Uh, and yeah, so he won number two. Uh, number three was uh, another clubman. So that was a 1340. So when I'm referring to these numbers, that's the CCs of the engine. Um, and that one was a, that had a stage three race engine in it. Wow. Um, so about 90 brake horsepower at the wheels, uh, which in a mini that has two bucket seats in it and weighs about 600 kilos is, is hilarious. Is, um, fun. Yeah. yeah is <laughs> hilarious. That's a dead, and I can guarantee that you're never getting anything other than a mini and smile like you will in a mini, you know, well, especially you, if you've got an engine like that. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, you've driven some spectacular cars, but I can guarantee that getting in a mini, you will never smile as much. Amazing. Um, so yeah, that was one um, by who was that one by? That was one by a guy called uh, Andrew Walter, uh, and he's in Devon. Okay. So he's in Taunton in Devon, uh, and that was delivered. That was our last one. That was delivered uh, not Monday, just gone the Monday prior, so about two weeks ago. Um, so yeah, back onto the two that we've got live. Obviously, the Z Max Mini 2002. Uh, obviously done, I think it's done 45,000 miles just because it was a show car. So it's been, you know, very um, loosely used, I suppose. Sure, sure, and David, sure. who had it had it prior to me, has had it for quite a long time. Uh, and he used it as his 
he owns a really interesting electric car conversion company nice. uh, based in Silverstone. So, and he lives in London. So he was using it back and forward, uh, I think once a month or something. So it's, you know, it's hardly done any miles. Um, and yeah. And then, uh, this morning I've put live, um, it's, it's known as Irene. <laughs> um, so she is a mini 35. So every, well, they started at 25. So every five years, mini released anniversary models effectively. Um, on the 35th year, it was at the mini 35. Uh, and it came in a, a very, well, it came in two forms, two different colors. Um, and this particular one is what's called Nevada Red. It's actually quite similar to my top I've got on it. It's a stunning color. Amazing. Um, More burgundy almost one, than, than, than red, red. Not Ferrari red, a bit of a deeper dark. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not like Cooper solid red. Like you like to say, like the Ferrari red, it's a real, it's almost like a purple, nice. almost, I yeah, would describe yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. It's, nice. um, but your, you know, your followers will see it on the website when they when they go and have a look. Um, now that has got a thirteen eighty John stage four John Speed race engine. So John Speed are a mini specialist that are based in the Midlands uh, near Coventry, uh, and they build um, well race minis basically. <laughs> um, so this one has got a thirteen eighty uh, stage four race engine, which. I won't bore you with all the, the details, but it's got high lift cams and all sorts of things in it. And um, so yeah, spe- that's special just came, kit, back from a, yeah, that's just come back from a mini specialist in Bradford called Ace uh, Ace Speed, which is uh, well, you may well know him. I don't. You might have come across uh, him sometime I haven't, in your life. Unfortunately, Andy Ace Harrison, his name is. So he's he's a a bit of a guru within the the historic uh, race mini scene, um, and his day to day business is re- renovation, restoration, and tuning of of mini so that it's just come back from there literally on saturday um and that's put out 85 brake horsepower at the wheels so that's about 110 ish uh you know at the flywheel which in wow. a mini is, yeah um, you're gonna move yeah <laughs> yeah it, it is it's, it's bonkers and it sounds absolutely insane that so that is better. um that's currently on at so when i initially re- released them i always put them on an early bird sale uh, so that's normal price of nineteen ninety nine down to seventeen ninety nine, uh, and obviously your lucky um, listeners are going to get a discount, which I'm sure we'll reveal at some point in this uh, on this uh, chat. Well, no, um, let's, let's reveal it now. Let's reveal it now because I think it's, it's worthwhile to try and promote and push people. Of course, uh, okay, yeah, those so of you watching on YouTube, I'll just quickly say that there is a link below. Obviously, you can go and head over straight across. Uh, those of you listening, uh, I, I will be posting across my social media platforms uh, links. Check it out. Obviously, you can also head over to the UK Minis page on Instagram uh, to find your links to be able to swipe up. But uh, for those of you that have tuned in and have been listening up until this point, <laughs> which is hopefully most of you, uh, Sam can now share. Yeah, we're getting a very exclusive and exciting uh, offer for, for you listeners. Yeah, so uh, 20% effectively. Um, so that's using code STG um, for ease. Let's hope that works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so all they need to do is when uh, effectively at checkout, it's just uh, there's a coupon section uh, where they bang in STG Perfect. and it will give them a 20% discount. Um, and I'll, I'll probably leave that running uh, permanently. Amazing. So, well, thank you very, very much. Need. Yeah, because of course people are going to come back and tune into this episode, you know, uh, and and hopefully always be able to go and check out the latest uh, and greatest mm-hmm. giveaway. And and as I say, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. Obviously, you know, great to collaborate and team up on this. Um, I, I've kind of already explained my reasons for doing so. I think you've made it clear as well from your side, and I think it just feels like a good and honest giveaway. Of course, this year there is a financial uh, incentive uh, on all sides, but um, you know, not only for for you, but for the winner to 
to pay, you know, theoretically mm. less than 20 quid and end up with uh, a mini, which we've been discussing is probably going to be appreciating in value in whatever shape or form. Yeah, so I would say I would, it's probably worth touching on that point, actually. I think even, you know, some of your your followers, yours are probably more petrol heady than, you know, let's say some other, some more of your contemporaries. But um, there is a financial benefit here to the guy, to the winner. You know, you know, obviously, perfectly, I want, real true mini enthusiasts to win these cars but inevitably at some point somebody who who has 10 minis who doesn't need another mini is going to end up winning it and they are that will either then be offered back to me um which you know i'll endeavor to to buy it and put it either put it into my private collection or move it on what however that works um but you know i would say the average value of the cars we've given away so far is probably fifteen thousand pounds so you know you know so straight away for 15 quid uh, and actually, Vinny, the supercharged Mini was one for a tenner. Um, there really is a, you know, a, a financial benefit. Yeah, you're ending up with um, a great car, but a car that, you know, yeah, is definitely more valuable than the ticket. Yeah, so obviously, you know, purchase. from my point of view, obviously, I, you know, I, you know, and from a social media point of view and all the rest of it and uh, moving forward, you know, we want real, true, genuine Mini lovers to win them. Um, but inevitably, you know, the more that we do. Uh, yeah, you know, you're going to have people with different, different uh, yeah, you know, reasons for, exactly, for doing yeah. so. And but. I think the other key it's thing probably, is, is, you know, that as you, you touched on it briefly, is that, that they are limited tickets. So, so those of you that yeah. liked particularly the two cars, the Binny uh, or, or the classic that, that Sam mentioned, uh, you know, that are live now, uh, go and jump on that because the tickets are limited. They will sell out at a certain point. Uh, so if you are particularly interested in either of those, you need to go and do that uh, pretty pretty. Yeah, I think it's, that's definitely worth mentioning as well. Us compared to these other competitions that we've already discussed, uh, you know, are that... The, the, the prices are reasonable. Um, you know, the return is spectacular. Um, at, you know, the prizes are obviously the best that I can find. Um, but the, the, the numbers are very low. Um, you know, and, and I've not had an issue yet where, um, if, if people go to the website, which is, uh, ukminis.co.uk, um, there's a T's and C section, which, you know, all these things have to have, uh, but effectively that states that, um, you know, anything in excess of 80% of ticket sales will be drawn. Um, I had one that sold, it didn't get to the 80%, um, but, you know, I used my discretion and and we drew it, we drew it anyway. So for me, for me, it's about, um, you know, it's a real opportunity. It's a real genuine competition. Um, and, you know, we've got a winner section on our, our page as well. And obviously they all have their own Instagram handles that, you know, people can go and check that it's genuine and, you know, that these people are driving around in these incredible cars for, of course. for basically for no money. There we go. Well, look, mate, it's been it's been fascinating having you on. I feel like I've learned something at least about the world of classic <laughs> minis uh, and, and that I can definitely stir some pots if I ever walk into a classic mini meet and just start talking about bins. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, hopefully listeners, viewers, you are excited about this opportunity. Definitely go and check out the UK Minis Instagram page no matter what, uh, but ukminis.co.uk as well for the giveaway. And, you know, no matter when you're listening to this episode, go and check it out because whilst the two cars that Sam mentioned might be gone, hopefully there'll be other cars. And fingers crossed, in the not too distant future, the mini museum that you can also go and check out once. Mm. Are museums yeah. allowed to be open yet? I feel like we're still a little bit, I'm not sure no, they, yeah. they're, no, so, they well, haven't got the go ahead yet. Yeah, they're not, no, because no, I spoke okay. to Gaden, uh, British Motor Museum last week actually, and they said probably the 15th of July, I think. Oh, is, keep all of our fingers crossed. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, thank you for making the time. Thank you for dialing in. Uh, uh, and hopefully we'll be able to catch up properly face to face soon enough. And I think I need to come and 
drive one of these cars, right? I need to come and have a definitely. go. Maybe even compare yeah. a few because um, that's definitely something which you haven't done on the channel yet. So that could be good fun. Uh, so yeah, I really, yeah, really I appreciate think, it. Yeah, I, th- I would um, I'd definitely recommend that because I've got I've got access to a, a Hayabusa engine rear-wheel drive classic mini, 400 oh brake. God. Oh, my God. So, I'll end up in a so tree. That might be, <laughs> yeah, that could be a, maybe a, a Goodwood special or something like that oh where we God. can, you know, take your and scare the life out of you. Amazing. <laughs> Perfect. Well, as I say, stay uh, stay healthy, stay safe. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll catch up soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.